Hi, this is Kimberly McKay with A Novel Thought. Today, I have two very special guests, Ryan Smoke and Bryce Wooten, who are conquering the world with their lifelong friendship, one race at a time. Ryan and Bryce, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Now, this is the first time I've had two guests on my podcast, so I'll address one of you at a time. But if either of you have anything to say, that little hand we talked about earlier, click it and I'll make sure I get back to you, okay? Okay. Now, Ryan happens to be a friend of mine from Southern Nazarene, and I've had some different people on the podcast before, so anyone listening should be well-versed in all things SNU. But he started the Tridat Foundation in 2014 to do amazing things. Tell me about Tridat, Ryan, and how did that lead to partnering with Bryce? Absolutely. Like you said, 2014, I wanted to do something bigger than just you know do triathlon races just in and of it for myself. And so I started this foundation called Tridat, and the DAT, D-A-T, stands for Do Amazing Things. At the time, I really didn't know really what I wanted it to become, and it kind of stayed stagnant for the most part for several years. Periodically, I would see a need, fix a need, and address that through giving back, and I found great gratitude from that, but I still didn't know the bigger picture of what I wanted it to end up becoming one day. And I've looked back, and there were several people that entered my life, really starting from 2015, 16, uh, to where they were father-son, mother-daughter combos that did this, you know, they, this push assist through, uh, through triathlons. And we'll get into that later. And these seeds were planted in my mind, but I didn't know really what would ever happen to them. Cause I didn't know they were not, at the time. I didn't know they were actually being planted mm-hmm. and I had the fortunate opportunity to race in the Ironman world championships in 2017. And I was so nervous that entire day leading up to everything and all the hard work and lifelong goal to, to be there. But throughout the day, I just felt this calm sense of peace. And anytime I started getting nervous or really feeling pain, of just giving gratitude back to, to everybody that's helped me along the journey to get to where I was. And I remember coming down the finisher shoot after doing 140.6 miles of racing over the course of 12 hours in the heat of Hawaii. And I crossed that finish line. And I remember just being so elated. And I was walking off, got my medal. I looked back one more time to soak in that massive goal that I had worked so hard for. And when I looked back at the finish line, I knew then that that finish line was a start line for what I want to try that to become. And that was to give somebody the same experience to cross the finish line with. At the time, there was 10,000 people cheering. It was a rock concert to have that moment. And I said, I want to give somebody who has a different ability other than myself this feeling of what it's like to cross that finish line. And so that's how Try That uh, came about. I was on a journey to find somebody who was willing enough to, uh, to go along that journey with me. Some call that an epiphany, but I call that a God moment. It was. Bryce, let me switch to you for a second. I recently read an article about how you and Ryan train. Talk to me about life with cerebral palsy and how you've utilized Ryan's partnership to show or inspire the world that anything can be accomplished. You know, uh, one of the main things with cerebral palsy that I deal with on a daily basis is people don't really understand it. You know, they automatically have the assumption that I'm paralyzed and I have to kind of baby step it and say, no, I'm not paralyzed. I just have a little bit of less uh, function in my legs that was due to a grade one bleed that landed directly in my motor skills. If it would have landed one degree to the left or one degree to the right, I would have been completely fine. But throughout the training with Ryan, he has pushed me to levels that I didn't even think I could have been pushed. He uh, introduced the idea of me getting a personal trainer and helped me become the best version of myself that I could be. I love that. 
And so for how many years have you guys been partnering together? How long has it been now? Exactly three years ago this week. Oh, cool. What a great anniversary then. Yeah, absolutely. Three years ago. So I finished the race in October of 2017. And for several months, I was, you know, who do I know in my network of people that, you know, parents would allow me to push their son or daughter, put them in a kayak and swim for 2.4 miles, tow them behind my bike for 112 miles and then, you know, be willing to push them for a full marathon. And I don't know too many parents who'd be willing to do that. Um, and, <laughs> I, you know, I thought of Bryce shortly after I had this idea, but I was so nervous to reach out to Bryce's mother to, you know, to have this because I knew Bryce for 10 years prior to because he grew up with my son. So I knew of Bryce, I knew the family, but I didn't know him and I didn't know if they'd be willing, in, you know, to allow this to happen. So, yeah, I reached out to Bryce three years ago. We had coffee and, uh, I mean, we quickly knew that we got something special here. So it's been great three years. Talk to me about your races. How many of you two completed together? How long does it take to train? And where all of you traveled? And either Bryce or Ryan, either one can take this. I'll take the first part and I'll let Bryce finish up the latter part of this. Um, from our training together, we originally started out going every Sunday. I would come pick Bryce up and we'd go to the gym. Because one thing I told him is that if I'm training, you're training. There's no free rides here, my man. And so we on Sundays, we would train together at the gym. But a lot of the big heavy lifting of the training, I had to do on my own, just from, you know, Bryce and I don't live together, we're 30 minutes apart, and just the logistics of getting Bryce to and from or me there, I was a little difficult. But there was periodically, we would have moments where we needed to train together, you know, through a seven-hour bike ride together or running or swimming. We'd have these things designated as we got closer to a big race. So that's how we did from a training standpoint. We ran three half marathons, one half Ironman, and then our biggest race that we did was in 2019 uh, Ironman Boulder, where we did the 140.6 miles. Wow. We did one race last year, just ended up because of COVID. And Bryce can talk about that. I remember the first time that Ryan mentioned that we were going to train. He called me on a Friday afternoon and said, Hey, Bryce, do you remember me? It's uh, Ryan. And I said, Sure, I do. You know, we had a casual conversation throughout the years, and he said, I'm going to run a, an idea by you because I know that you're crazy like me. And I, <laughs> and he said, uh, Would you like to run a race with me? And I said, You do realize that I'm in a wheelchair. You do remember that correctly. And he said, Oh, sure. And, and I said, Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. You uh, take me out for coffee or breakfast and kind of elaborate this idea on me, and I'll think about it. So, uh, I think it was what that next Sunday you took me and we discussed it. And then we started working out at the lighthouse Olympic training center for the next six to eight weeks to get us ready for our first Oklahoma city Memorial marathon race. And from then on the chemistry and the connection was there, the ability to share not only what we went through together as children, but to come together and congeal over such a bigger idea was the main inspiration behind it. Love it. And then to just tie up that, you know, we had the opportunity to go to Atlanta last year for uh, the marathon there. And Bryce had the fortunate opportunity, did such an amazing job of speaking to 350 people with different abilities, where there was over 65 teams, such as ourselves, that got to had the opportunity to race and run. So that was a big deal for us to go from three years ago, Bryce and I having coffee and Bryce not sure in what direction and where he was headed in life 
And I don't want to steal Bryce's thunder on kind of that journey he took. But to see from where we were of just trying to figure ourselves out to two years later, Bryce was speaking in front of 350 people and brought down the house and did such a dy- dynamic job. So not only do we go out and race, but we speak as well you know, through speaking engagements. Bryce, I'm so impressed by you. How in three years time? Oh, let me ask this. Three years ago, did you ever imagine speaking in front of that many people? I'll tell you what, Kim, when I was in high school, I was deathly terrified of speaking in front of people. I would get nervous. My legs would shake. And I took a semester off of college in 2018. And Ryan and I were discussing an an idea of what I could do for the next six to eight weeks. And we were around in the car getting coffee as we usually do. And he said, why don't you become a motivational speaker? And of course, me being the sarcastic person that I am, I kind of giggled for five minutes and I said, you have lost your mind. <laughs> and I said, what have I got to be motivational about? And he said, you're a kid with cerebral palsy. You're running races. You're going through college. You've lost a parent and not let that define you. Yeah. How is that not inspirational or motivational? He said, why don't you look up some motivational speaking classes and at least try one. And then if you hate it, we can try a different avenue. So the following week, I looked up Toastmasters International. And the funny thing, Kim, I've been in Toastmasters two years now. I remember going into my first meeting on October the 8th of 2018, and I was absolutely terrified because one of the speaking strategies that they have is impromptu speaking. You have two minutes to do a random They give you a random question. You have a two-minute input. And I remember being asked if I wanted to participate. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I was like, I have no time to prepare. I have nothing. So I went ahead and did it, shot in the dark. And the amount of praise and emphasis I got from my now colleagues is just incredible. I love that. Toastmasters is overwhelming or oh sure it makes me just break out in a sweat let's just put it that way um I've been speaking in front of crowds for a very long time but I've never attempted Toastmasters because I know how strict they are I'll tell you I'll tell you this Kim six months after I started with Toastmasters I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Ryan at y'all's alma mater at SNU in front of close to 500 to 600 people if I remember correctly Lee Ryan, six months after I began Toastmasters and my colleagues were there and several of Ryan's college buddies and they said, how long has Bryce been a public speaker? And Ryan smiled at me and said, six months. Ryan, what does that feel like for you knowing that you poured yourself into an amazing person and shown him the potential he had inside himself and pulled that out? Absolutely. Well, you know, I never looked at Bryce as, you know, he's in a wheelchair and, and, feeling sorry for him. And that's one thing I also emphasize. I said, buddy, you know, you have a different ability. I have different abilities, but together we need to believe in each other. And I truly support you and want the best for you. And I went into this thinking, here's a chance to, you know, I'm going to give Bryce a platform to help him, get him out to do some races and do this and do that and get coffee. 
Well, looking back over three years, Bryce has done more for me and been there more for me than I have for him. But I think it all comes back to that book, just believing in your friends and your loved ones and and just going, I'm all in, man. I support you and I see, I see things that you have. And Bryce, being bold and brave and just nervous as all get out, he took that courage and took that challenge on to go sign up for Toastmasters. And Bryce, where are you now in the, the Toastmasters realm of What's greatness? Funny, it's funny you say that, Ryan. I am now the youngest president in the Oklahoma Toastmasters, and I am also one level away from being the 1% in the entire world to receive the highest honor in the Toastmasters International Organization. Less oh, that's than, amazing. Less than <laughs> 1,000 people in the entire world have this distinct honor. And guess what, Bryce? Ryan hit the nose on the head. You are obviously meant to do this. I'm so excited for you. Thank you very much. I will have a little bit of a side story. I competed in my first speaking contest about, I think it was last February before COVID hit. My opponent was the defending area champion for the last 24 years. He had never lost a speaking engagement contest. We had a two-minute rebuttal on the zombie apocalypse, if I remember correctly. And I had to wait in the hallway to uh, make sure that I didn't hear his question because it was, you know, you didn't have to. You couldn't hear the other opponent's rebuttal. So anyway, I gave my rebuttal and brought the house down and, and I defeated Mr. Hobart Richardson for the first time, and I am the defending 0-3-0 area champion of Toastmasters. Wow. Because we have not had any contests because of COVID. And I remember looking at my colleagues, and I remember calling Ryan afterwards, and I said, I just defeated a guy that has been champion longer than I've been alive. Wow. And Kim, one thing, Bryce just said a keyword, defeated. No matter what has come Bryce's way, he's never allowed it to defeat him. He's had adversity, you know, every day of life. And the young man has always stood up with the most positive outlook and mental fortitude to go, this is in front of me. I'm going to go right through it and I'm going to be better and stronger for it. And again, I gave him physical challenges to get strong enough for our Ironman race two years ago. And he put in the work because he was going to be stuck in basically a cart for over 16 hours. And wow. everybody at home, Bryce has a metal rod from scoliosis from his tailbone to his neck, met in his metal in his hips. And then for him to sit there like that was going to be very hard on him. And he rose to the challenge. He didn't let it defeat him. He tackled anything that comes his way with the best attitude. And the young man is truly an inspiration to, to everybody. Yeah. I, I never would have thought about the metal rod and sitting for that length of time. You're going to have to strengthen your core just to adjust and, <laughs> and get comfortable. Yeah. You know, I've never, to rebuttal to what Ryan has said, I've never let anything defy my, defy my life. You know, this is all, you know, people always ask me, are you okay with being an orator? Yes, I am. I used to have, you know, every once in a while I would have a pity party. You know, but here's the thing. 
this is my life. This is all that I've known for almost 24 years. So if my life were to change and be normal, and I hate this word, I hate it, but to be normal, like functioning like you or Ryan, honestly, Kim, I don't know what I would do because what have my legs given me that my mind hasn't? That's a really good point. And I'll let that marinate and I'll say it again. What have my legs given me in 24 years that my mind hasn't? I've graduated from college. I am a certified motivational speaker and life coach. I am a president of an international organization. So again, what have my legs given me that my mind hasn't? That's right. Do you attribute that to your parents? My mom and my dad (laughs) and my grandmother. Oh, I may get emotional doing this. Um, That's okay. They put more of a challenge on me because they knew in hindsight that I would have to prove myself in the world. My mom and dad knew that the world was a place that they were going to tear you down and, you know, and test your will and test your strength. And my mom and dad were the type of parents that they were going to show me at once. And if I didn't get it or learn how to adapt, then it was on me. And I think that's why the, the, the transition between my parents and the, the training with Ryan was so easy because I was already used to that mentality of I'm going to show you this once. And if after once or twice you don't get it, it's on you. And, you know, I've always tried to master everything that I can to make my life easier. I mean, my life's never going to be easy, Kim. I mean, living with cerebral palsy is never easy. But the best way that I can describe it and the best way that my friends with different abilities can describe it is you learn to adapt with what you have. Very, very well said. We all have to learn. So let me ask you this. Being different comes in all shapes, forms, and lifestyles. What is your advice to those out there that are afraid of that? Being vulnerable, Kim, is the best strength that you can have. A lot of people are afraid of it. And trust me, three years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, I was definitely afraid of it. I was afraid that people were going to see the chair and go, oh, we're not going to give him a chance because he's different. I am so glad that I was able to overcome, for the most part, my depression and anxiety. I mean, I still have my moments where there are some days where I'm like, oh, man, you know, today is really getting me. But in those days, I look back at what I've accomplished in the last three years, and I'm like, wow, look where I've come. Look how many people Ryan and I have inspired. Look at how many people I've inspired. Look at how many doors I'm opening for the next generation. I look at my life, Kim, and I tell Ryan this all the time, and it brings Ryan to tears every time. I'm perfectly fine with how my life turned out. I want the next generation and the next generation after that to not have to fight as hard as I did for equality and acceptance. I love you. Can I just say that? Well, thanks. I very much appreciate that. I mean, I don't look like it's something that I'm doing that's hard. It needs to be done. 
I think there are so many people out there that, like I mentioned before, are afraid of something different. I mean, I've always gone out of my way to make eye contact, to communicate, to have a conversation if needed if someone looked different than me. Even on campus, when I'm walking among the students, if somebody's looking down inside, they may be different. It may not be outside that they're different. But I make it a point to go, hey, how are you today? Just because that's who I am. So I love the fact that you're proving to the world that we're all the same on the inside. We're the same human race and we've got the same feelings and the same heart and the same blood pumping through our veins. We just need to embrace one another and learn from our differences. Because I'm going to tell you this right right now, Kim and Ryan can, uh, you can chime in as the, with this as well. If Ryan and I wouldn't have connected on an emotional level, the meaning behind the raises and the meaning behind our story and the meaning behind try that would not mean as much if we wouldn't have connected on an emotional level and a family level. I mean, for your listeners at home, we are not related by blood, but I'll tell you what, I learned a very valuable lesson from my grandmother years and years ago. Family does not have to be blood to be family. You're right. And to Bryce's point on that that connection and that bond that we had early on. And and again, I, I didn't know what would become of this. I had the expectation this this is going to be a one race kind of deal and we'll reevaluate after that. But I knew from just in the, within the first few months and Bryce and I sharing stories, not about, you know, working out or racing. It was our upbringing. It was our fathers, you know, and this, and the, you know, with very similar struggles we faced uh, growing up and with our dads, but yet we had this, we both had beautiful relationships with our mothers who are the rocks of our lives that have always been there to support us and, and to encourage us that bond between the two of us, you know, here I am, I'm, I have my, my son is Bryce's age, but yet I feel like Bryce is the same age as myself and we're best friends. And we have this bond that's been much longer than the last three years of what truly binds us. And when we've been in these, these races and these, these challenges that we put ourselves through, we know at the end of the day, man, we don't have to be talking to each other to know how the other person's feeling. You guys have been training the heart just as much as your muscles. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And I think that to piggyback Ryan's uh, response, our unspoken unspo- communication is far more powerful mm-hmm. than our spoken communication on race day because we automatically know when one of us is losing encouragement or losing will. I could just give him a, a thumbs up or he could give me a pat on on the shoulder and we're automatically recharged. Well, that was my next question. What puts the two of you in the best position to cross the finish line? Ryan, you want to take that first? Oh man, that's a great one. Um, (laughs) You know, it it goes back to our, our motto, do amazing things. And I think when we, when we set out to start a a challenge or a goal or a race or whatever it is, we know that it's going to be difficult and we want it to be difficult. And that's the beauty in in and of itself is we know that along from the time that we start to the time we end, um, since we don't move at the fastest of paces, we have a chance to have conversations with people throughout the journey. And we're able to share stories and hear stories that keeps us motivated. Just the words of encouragement along the way. You guys are great. Thanks for being such a great inspiration. You have no idea what this means to, you know, whatever. We hear this stuff on social media. We hear it in races. And it's just, it fills that bank of pain that, you know, we've been depositing energy to, to, to move forward. So that's a driving force for us. And we know that when we get to that finish line, 
our moms are going to be there <laughs> to, to as they've always been and just to he- have that excitement and to, for me to sit back and watch Bryce you know just have the time of his life it gives me the greatest joy and so it's the, the, we don't lack motivation let's just put it sure. that way I love it. And I love that your moms are both there at the end of the finish line, too. I, I heard your smile in your voice just then, Ryan. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I don't think that if the races were as challenging or as fiercely draining on our bodies, we would enjoy it as much. I mean, Ryan and I joke all the time that we're crazy and we enjoy pain and we love torturing ourselves. <laughs> but, you know, I think it just goes on to the competitor in myself because I was never able to compete in college or high school or anything like that. So I feel like all that energy that I had and the drive to compete has always been there. I mean, I competed in Endeavor games and stuff like that here locally, but I had never competed on such a big stage like Ironman or any other racing platform so for for me to be instinct in such a family and legacy as iron man and to have that name associated with me for the rest of my life is something that you can't really put into words until you're in that fraternity let me touch on that real quick because ryan mentioned earlier that's how it all started he was doing the iron man and he looked back to reflect on the finish line and take everything in and wanted to pay that forward. So Bryce and Ryan, both of you, you can talk about it independently or together as a team. What was that like for Ryan knowing that now Bryce is coming along on this journey and Bryce paint me the picture of from getting off the plane to the the finish line, just what was going through your mind and how Ryan, Ryan reacted. You know, it's funny you asked that Kim and Ryan can piggyback this. Going up to the day of the race, we were perfectly fine. Um, we were as calm as can be because for nine months leading up to Boulder, we were running with our heads cut off training and, you know, preparing for the weather issues and, you know, planning our eating and stuff like that. And the days leading up to the race and the day of the race, we were as calm as can be. We were ready to conquer the world and show that. Tridat was arriving, and there was nothing that the world could do to stop us from coming. Uh, to your point, Bryce, uh, that preparation, the mental role playing uh, that we did for nine months of visualizing um, the race day. So when it when it came time, it was we knew exactly what to do. Now, let me preface this and say this: when we got onto the bike course, of 112 miles at altitude in Boulder. You know, combined with my weight, Bryce's weight, the bike, his cart, everything combined was roughly 400 pounds. Wow. And it was eight hours and 13 minutes on the bike of constant just, you know, me and my internalizing my head, what am I doing? Am I going to make this? Just keep pedaling, just keep pedaling. Because there was times that, I mean, I had to get up and walk and push the bike up these steep hills. And it was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. And, and Bryce and I thought we were, we were as well-trained as we could have been, but it was much more difficult than what we had anticipated. There were moments, Kim, where we were like, are we really, did we really bite off more than we could chew? I'm, I was thinking in my mind, I was like, um, this is kind of not what we signed up for. 
Yeah, I, I, I applaud you guys for even signing up because something like that, I I admire you because that takes some mental fortitude. I That's just not me. So it blows <laughs> me away that you guys would just go in with this mental stability going, yeah, we got this. Even that blows me away, let alone taking the challenge on and pushing your bike uphill. And like, it's just amazing. And to finish your um, your thought about finishing the race when we got down to the finisher shoot and we were about to cross the finish line and I was able to reflect the last probably two or three miles I was able to reflect on my 22 years up to that point not for myself but all the sacrifices that my mom and my dad and my grandmother and my brother and all our friends and family had to go through all the therapy sessions, all the surgeries, all the tears, all the things that I went through to get to this moment. Let me let me tell you, Kim, to hear my name etched in history, it was all worth it. For teams like us, these push assist, there's only been you know, because there's a 17-hour cutoff time on these Ironman races. You have to complete them within. If not, it doesn't count. And you can count on one hand, including us, uh, teams around the world that have actually been able to pull this thing off within the 17-hour time limit. And so, uh, to Bryce's point, you know, all the sacrifice, all the things that, you know, our friends and our family put in to support us and to, to be there at that finish line, you know, to embrace us, made everything worth it. because. Bryce hearing his name called that, Bryce Wooten, you are an Iron Man, was the coolest thing in the world and that I got to experience. And I was right there with him as his mother was able to put the medal around his neck. And then I turned around and my mom was right there giving me my medal. I mean, it was just the most spectacular. I never thought anything would ever surpass crossing that finish line at the Iron Man World Championships in Hawaii two years prior. I thought, this is the Mount Everest. Nothing can surpass this but when i crossed that line in boulder with bryce i was like this is everything this is absolutely everything to get to see and experience through the eyes of somebody you know that normally would never have had this opportunity you know i'm just gonna put this out there if anyone ever wants to write your lives as a movie please consider me so you know guys that i'm a <laughs> script writer right right you know i write scripts yeah. so and I do have a film agent, so I'm hey. gonna play myself if that's okay. <laughs> I, of course, of course, because this is a perfect like story. It gives me chills. And to know after I crossed the finish line, to I told Ryan this days later. I said I did this race for all the individuals that were told no, they couldn't do something. I did it for all the individuals that were told they weren't good enough or that they would never do anything because their disability got in the way. This yep. is for them, not me. I love that. You guys are amazing. So what, either of you, what words of wisdom? I mean, you've kind of been giving me little moments of wisdom here and there throughout this entire talk, but what words of wisdom could you offer to someone who's looking to do something amazing, but just doesn't feel like they're the right person Absolutely. or enough. You know, Bryce and I have one of our, our logos is the word passion with a, a line and then possession. So passion over possession. And that's the one thing I, I 
struck to so quickly when I started working with Bryce is that giving back. Um, and we don't encourage, you know, and promote people out, go out and do what we do of doing Ironmans or whatever, because, you know, that's just our thing. But we want people to have that experience of giving back to somebody because, you know, we all, I've been guilty of this so many times. If I just get that new house, I'll be happy. If I get the new car, I'll be happy. If I just mm -hmm. get this, then life will be what I want it to be. And it quickly fades. But with this, having the, you know, that passion of giving back to somebody or a cause or a need, even if it's a one-time deal to volunteer at a food bank or whatever it is, that in and of itself is what we, we strive so hard for, you know, for people to understand and give that, those words of encouragement is you don't have to go off and push somebody you know, in, a, in a stroller. You don't have to do some of the crazy things we do, but we encourage you to find something that works for you of giving back because that reaction, that feeling is so much greater than what a new piece of jewelry or a new car will ever bring you. And those things are so trivial and fleeting and they rust and they get lost. Absolutely. Right. The, the, the memories you can never lose. The, the feeling you get in your heart, you can never lose. I you love know, that, Ryan. Kim, I came up with this quote years ago and I love it because it speaks so truly to all of the world and to my you know, situation. Your journey is your blueprint to your destination. Mm -hmm. Because when I sit back and I think about where I've been the last 23 years of my life to where I'm going now, all the things that I've been through and all the sacrifices that I've had to endure with all the surgeries and all the criticism and all the times that I was told no and all the hard work that I've had to put in with school and find my way, it was all worth it because I know now why God decided to put me in a chair because he made me a voice for those who can't speak or maybe don't know the accurate words to speak. And I am their voice to understand that you can do amazing things if you have the right village and the right attitude and always strive to never give up. Wow. Bryce, you just gave me chills, dude. Seriously. A lot of people can sit back and shoulda, coulda, woulda, or why me, or poor pitiful me. We all have obstacles in our lives. We all have disappointments and trauma in our lives. And it's always about attitude and environment. And you've taken both of yours and used them to your benefit and given God the glory. So kudos to you, man. Thank you. You know, I'm one of those people that I've never been, it's never been about me. You know, when I graduated from college, I thanked all my teachers. When I got my Toastmaster certification, I thanked my colleagues. When I crossed the finish line at Boulder, I thanked my team and the people that supported me all over social media. It's never been about me. With Ryan, it's never been about Ryan. We want the world to know it's not about you. It's about we. It's about the community. So true. You're lighting a fire inside of me. <laughs> Ryan, I bet you're sitting there and you're just smiling. Oh, I am. I'm. I'm, I'm very smiling. Is is 
one thing, um, I'm just, I'm glowing. Um, just because it's, I, Bryce isn't just, you know, Bryce can talk. If you guys haven't learned, Bryce can, Bryce can talk and he's, he's very passionate about what he does. And I love it because it, it just, it, it continues to motivate and inspire me to be a better man, a better father, better husband. And, you know, to figure out what, what's the next crazy thing that I can do with this guy. What's the next, you know, trip or journey or, you know, thing that we can get ourselves into to impact, you know, somebody's life. I just love hearing his spirit. Well, that was my next question was, what's the next goal you all have for yourself? Yeah, sometimes I don't let Bryce know what the ch- next challenge is going to be until it's, you know, until it's right there because I don't want him to back out of it. I do have a couple of races, COVID depending, uh, for this year. Uh, so some of that is contingent upon that. Yeah, one thing we did this, this last September is because, like, you know, we why sit back and wait on races to happen? Let's just do our own challenge. And one thing we did last September is we did a challenge called the 4 by 4 by 48 so we we ran four miles every four hours for forty eight straight hours. What? Yeah, we did, and it was it was super cool. We did it in Oklahoma City at Lake Hefner, and we had some sponsors. And you know, the objective was to create awareness for you know youth that have a parent or parents with substance abuse because we both have faced that in our lives. And so that was our our mission, and that was our objective. But we had a great time, and it challenged us for sure. But um, we weren't going to sit back and wait for something to happen or not. We, you know, we made it happen ourselves. And so there's things like that. We were looking at doing um, a long, some long distance swims together. Where I will pull him in a kayak for eight to nine miles. How does that work? Because I've, I've not seen you guys in the water. I've only seen pictures of you on land. So it isn't yeah. with a kayak? There, yeah, there's a, there's an inflatable kayak uh, that he's well secured in with a life, life vest. And then there's a, a strap that uh, goes around my waist. And then I tow him in the water while he's back there yelling at me. <laughs> what are you yelling at, at Ryan Bryce? Well, I mean, for for one, you know, when we raced in Boulder, I was like, "Wow, he's keeping up with the professionals." I was like, "This is going to be an easy day," and then it kind of <laughs> then it kind of progressively got slower, and I was like, "Well, crap! I guess I'm not going to get out of here pretty quick." So. <laughs> Yeah, he kept going. Hey, man, I got to like, can we wrap this thing up? Because I want to try to find a, you know, meet some girls and maybe go on a date tonight. And I'm like, Bryce, Bryce, just not now. And can we, <laughs> can we dabble in our after race? Eat? I mean, Kim, this, I mean, you might judge us after this, but after races, oh, it seems like I can, Ryan and I cannot stop shoveling food in for three days. Oh, wow. I'm not going to judge you. I would do that normally. That's amazing. <laughs> um, they had a after um, race buffet the next morning, and I and just casually just got three burritos and some coffee cake, and I'm just shoveling it in with a spoon. Like, don't look at me. I mean, <laughs> hey, Bryce, after you've run a race like that, you have a right to, to feed yourself however much and whatever you want, man. Absolutely. It's- it's all good. You've got to replenish those calories too. A little side note. In the last three years that Ryan and I have been a team, he has introduced me to some very unique food. I remember he took me the first time to eat at a vegan vegetarian restaurant, the Loaded Bowl in Oklahoma City. And, you know, like Ryan is, you know, he did not let me know what I was eating. He just, <laughs> he just ordered for me. And then 
after I took the first bite, then he told me what I was eating. Ryan, why? Bryce, did you like it? Yes, I did. Okay. I did. Enough said. He liked it. <laughs> okay, good. Hey, Ryan, I've got a question for you. Okay. How has your life changed since appearing on the cover of one of Kimberly McKay's books? <laughs> I don't know if Bryce knows this, if he does or not. And obviously, we let this thing out of the bag. Um, it's funny. I'll be in meetings or something and somebody will you know will google me and, and they'll bring that up and they'll put it into a presentation that hey uh just everybody knows here ryan smoke is was on a book cover and it gets, <laughs> it gets brought up i'm like oh yeah no I, but I, I will say you know being on your book i remember the day we did that photo shoot the, the the picture that's on that book cover i think was like the first picture taken um yeah that we did that day but i remember the book signing and stuff and it was so it was it was a super awesome to be doing that and i remember getting you know i signed two autographs and that was my first wow. time to ever sign autographs and granted one of them was my mom so that was i don't know if that counts or not it counts it counts but it was it, it was a great pleasure to be able to you know be on one of your book covers and it was a, it's a great book if you've not read kim's uh series of books i highly recommend doing so and it was just it was a cool deal to be able to do i, I joke with people like yeah go on to barnes and noble and you'll you'll see the the book cover, and they're like, "You're full of it." I'm like, Here, "Here's, here's the link." And now you'll have to go to Amazon and look at previous yes. versions. Unfortunately, the editor I had at that time wasn't the best, so I did have to do some revisions. And and when I went to find the photographer who had the original, because I was going to update the cover with yeah. a couple of things on it, they were like, "Oh, we don't have that image anymore." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so at that point, that that we just may have to do another cover at some point with Ryan and Bryce as we'll being on the cover. We'll do it for the movie, for the movie cover. We'll do it for the movie. Yep. Right. Matthew Guys, McConaughey as Ryan. Ooh, Matthew McConaughey as Ryan would be great. Who would you want to play your part, Bryce? I would play myself, you know, very Eminem 8 Mile, you know. like <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, what about a younger version of you? Who would pick the younger oh, version of you? younger version of me. Ryan, you may have to help me with this. Um, who is as dashing, as good looking as a younger version of me, huh? Not that's, many people. Not many, a, Bryce. That's a wow. Um, I'll have to get back up with you on Kim. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're a professional, so you can help me with that. That's awesome. Hey, and if, if people want to follow you guys, um, your Instagram is tridat t r i d as in dat a t three sixty five. Correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Stick with Insta. Yeah, Insta is our Insta. Insta is our jam. Okay. Is there anything that you guys would want to include that I haven't touched on? If I could go back and tell myself at 16, 17 years old when I was going through my depression and anxiety and to tell myself that I was eventually going to find my reason, I wouldn't have been so hard on myself and been so critical of the normal things that a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid goes through. I would have just called it life. And I'm so glad that I was able to go through these trials and tribulations because, Kim, I'll tell you this and I'll end with this. I don't think that I would be in the situation that I am, a successful motivational speaker and life coach, if I didn't have the story to back up my message. Amen. And even when you say, if I had only known, I wouldn't have been so hard on yourself. As a mom, and this is what I tell my son, it's okay to feel everything you feel because that's going to be used as motivation down the road. When you finally put your passion to something, you know you've got 
that, uh, that fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. God made you exactly the way you are because he's going to use you in some, some great way. And it's very true. And it's coming to fruition with both of you gentlemen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to A Novel Thought. This has been Kimberly McKay with Bryce Wooten and Ryan Smoke, two amazing human beings who offer a message of determination and hope. Tune in next time. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, support, and share this podcast. 